WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by Special Light in Decatur and Benton Harbor. There's a good chance you've walked through a Special Light door when you go to a local restaurant, school, store, or plant. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. Benton Harbor City Commissioners have approved the plan for a monument to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. to be located at Dwight P. Mitchell City Center Park. At a meeting last night, they signed off on the proposal from the Unified Civic Monuments Project for the statue, which will match a monument to be erected in St. Joseph. Speaking last night, Commissioner Ron Singleton says the updated plan will be an inspiration. You know, I see it as a spot for people to come and sit down and have some conversations about some of the things that went on and maybe talk about some, some ways to heal. The commission in October tabled a plan to allow the monument over concerns about its size. The plan was then updated. Mayor Marcus Muhammad said the updated plan, while not giving everyone what they want, should be approved. So I think that to put Dr. King up, even though we may not agree on everything, but I think that is something that must be done, it should be done, and I think that there's no better time to do it. Mohammed said it's appropriate the city commission would approve the design during its final meeting of the year. The monument will feature Dr. King and a young boy with a quote from King and some stools for people to sit and reflect. Commissioner Ethel Clark Griffin still objected, though, saying the location and footprint of the monument should be changed. Congressman Fred Upton will likely wrap up his time in Congress this weekend as the House votes on a massive spending bill to avoid a government shutdown. He tells us a temporary measure passed last week and now an omnibus bill to keep the government functioning through October 30th will get a vote late this week or this weekend. I think that it's going to pass with a narrow margin in the House, with a larger margin in the Senate. Basically, the the Senate's going to get the 60 votes uh, to get it done, and then they're going to get out of town. (laughs) They're not going to want any changes at all. So they're going to go back home, and they're going to give that hot dog to us, and we either accept it or we shut down the government in the House. And I guess is that we will accept it. Upton says the bill includes funding for Ukraine and veterans. It also changes the election law to prevent a single member of the House or Senate from holding up election certification by challenging a state's results. The bill changes the challenge threshold to 20% of the chamber's members. Upton expects his final vote will be on this bill, and then he's heading home for Christmas. Benton Harbor City Commissioners have updated the community's planned unit development ordinance to allow for a wider variety of projects. At last night's meeting, Assistant City Manager Alex Little said the current ordinance only allows for properties of at least 5.8 acres to be classified as PUDs, limiting the options available to developers. The recommendation was to change that to 1.5 acres, about the size of a city block. Little said developers are changing the way they pursue housing projects because of market conditions, and this gives them more options. With the cost of building materials as a result of this coronavirus, the other factors going on in inflation, it's no longer affordable to build a single-family house. It's easier to build duplexes, fourplexes, six, eight, and ten plexes. Commissioners approved the update to the ordinance partly to allow for Project T, a $33 million effort to build 100 housing units and commercial space on Agard and Weld Streets. The development would include a grocery store. Also last night, commissioners approved rezoning the block at Wall Street, Colfax, Oak Street, and 8th Street from light industrial to mixed use to allow for the corner at Wall Street, a $20 million, 55-unit housing development for low- and mixed-incomes. The Michigan State Fire Marshal's Office is investigating after a fatal fire in Bangor this morning. 
South Haven Area Emergency Services says several departments responded to the blaze on 3rd Street about 8.25 a.m. One person was killed and four others injured. One person got out of the home unharmed thanks to Bangor police. The cause of the blaze is not known, but the Bangor Fire Department says the home had no working smoke detectors. This is the third major structure fire in Bangor since Saturday. The city of Benton Harbor is applying for a $684,000 grant for improvements at Gene Clock Park. Speaking this week, commissioners authorized the city manager to apply for the funds through the state's SPARC grant program. Commissioner Juanita Henry welcomed the opportunity. I look out for Gene Clark Park like I did for my child. And this $684,000 is a great thing. I've been trying to get the bathrooms done. They've been leaking for three years now. So this is a great thing. If approved, the grant will be used for restroom and playground improvements, among other things. Mayor Marcus Muhammad noted Gene Clark Park generates around $200,000 a year for the city, calling it a jewel of the community. City officials believe this grant application is a strong chance of being approved. The Dwajak-based Pokagon Band of Potawatomi announced that they're donating 1,000 food boxes to those in need this Christmas. The distribution will be completed through several groups in Michigan and Indiana, including Feeding America Michigan, Feeding America Indiana, and Decatur Human Services in Michigan. Also, 250 boxes were given to Pokagon citizens in need. Each Christmas food box includes a smoked ham, Idaho mashed potatoes, stuffing corn, pineapple slices, and an apple pie. There's a new place to get a slice of pizza in Bridgman. Casey's Gas Station and Convenience Store opened its second Michigan location on Red Arrow Highway at I-94 in town last week. The ribbon cutting was held today. The national chain comes to Bridgman after about two years of planning. At today's ribbon cutting, Bridgman Mayor Jan Trapani welcomed everyone. This is a wonderful addition to Bridgman, and when the first time I came in here, I saw Casey's here for Bridgman, and I thought that pretty much says it all. So thank you for all coming, and uh, enjoy Casey's coming forward. All the store's employees live within four miles of it. Southwest Michigan Regional Chamber President Arthur Havlicek told us the city's been making zoning changes to develop the Red Arrow Corridor, as he called it, it's hoped the new business will mean other new developments near the highway. And AAA is once again reactivating its tow-to-go program for Christmas and New Year's. AAA of Michigan spokesperson Adrian Woodland tells us tow-to-go provides a free way to get home when someone finds themselves impaired and in need of a ride. Now as millions of Americans are getting behind the wheel this holiday weekend, none of them will have an excuse for driving impaired. However, we still strongly encourage people that plan to drink to identify a safe ride home and treat tow-to-go as their last resort. Woodland says since 1998, tow-to-go has helped to keep more than 25,000 impaired drivers off the road. You don't have to be a AAA member to use the service, and it is free. However, Woodland stresses tow-to-go should be a last resort. The service is offered throughout Michigan and in the South Bend area. Check our website if you want to know the number to call. It'll be available from 6 p.m. on Friday of this week through 6 a.m. Monday, January 2nd. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in Dwozhak, where furniture shopping is fun. A possible brutal bomb cyclone storm could hit the Midwest. That includes southwest Michigan and other regions later this week, right as a holiday travel rush hits. 
This could mean people are stranded in airports on Christmas. More if maybe sees Alex Stone. United Airlines is offering waivers. Chicago is a major hub for United. It's forecast to be one of the cities hit the hardest with the potential for a blizzard coming up. The waivers allow passengers to modify their travel in the Midwest, Texas, East Coast, and the Northwest, all because of bad weather. Other airlines are also issuing some waivers. The problem being flights are so full this year for Christmas and New Year's time that changing to another flight, or if your flight is canceled, getting on another flight can be next to impossible. Alex Stone, EBC News. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has visited the eastern city of Bakhmut, the scene of some of the most intense combat since Russia invaded his country. He met Tuesday with troops and praised what he called their resilience and strength as artillery boomed in the background. For his part, Russian President Vladimir Putin hailed the courage and self-denial, as he called it, of his forces in Ukraine, but he did so at a ceremony at an opulent and glittering Kremlin Hall. Both leaders sought to build morale as the stalemated conflict grinds to its 10th month and winter approaches. Bakhmut, about 600 kilometers or 380 miles east of Kiev, has remained in Ukrainian hands, thwarting Russia's goal of capturing the entire Donbass region. The sweeping new government spending proposal now making its way through the Capitol is more than 4,000 pages long. And Congress is under a deadline pressure to pass it. ABC's Justin Finch takes a look at what's in the bill. The $1.7 trillion spending bill dropped overnight Tuesday, giving Congress only days to pass it before current government funding expires Friday. The package calls for $858 billion in defense spending and legislative add-ons, including a proposal to ban the use of the Chinese social media app TikTok on government devices. Other items reflect the response to January 6th, including a measure making it harder to overturn certified presidential election results. Justin Finch, ABC News, Washington. A foreign trip is planned next month for President Biden. More from ABC's Karen Travers. President Biden will travel to Mexico City on January 9th and 10th to participate in the North American Leaders Summit alongside Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador and Canadian President Justin Trudeau. The last meeting of these three leaders took place at the White House in November 2021. National Security Spokesman John Kirby said Tuesday the goal of the January summit is to build on initiatives to address climate and environmental challenges, help increase North America's competitiveness and address irregular migration in the region. Additional details about the summit will be released in the coming weeks. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. The Democratic-controlled House Ways and Means Committee is meeting to vote on whether to publicly release years of former President Donald Trump's tax returns. The meeting could be the last opportunity for Democrats to disclose information about Trump's filings before Republicans take control of Congress next year. The committee chair, Richard Neal, has kept close hold on the panel's actions, but pressure is high on its members to make their findings public as Trump mounts a third White House run. The committee received six years of tax returns for Trump and some of his businesses from the Treasury Department last month. Now that the Supreme Court has temporarily blocked the ending of the pandemic-era immigration policy known as Title 42, what's next? More from ABC's Derek Dennis. Title 42 was set to expire Wednesday, creating an influx of migrants into the U.S., first into border communities and then into cities across the country. The Trump-era policy that kept asylum seekers from entering the U.S. due to COVID concerns will now stay in place due to a temporary pause from the Supreme Court to weigh the legal and logistical ramifications. But New York City Mayor Eric Adams wants a permanent solution driven by the federal government with funding attached. Cities should not be carrying the weight of a national problem. This is unfair to have to go through this without any help. Derek Dennis, ABC News, New York. 
The Taliban have banned female students from private and public universities in Afghanistan, effective immediately and until further notice. It's the latest edict cracking down on women's rights and freedoms in the country. The decision was announced by a government spokesperson after a government meeting. The move comes despite initially promising a more moderate rule in women's and minority rights after their takeover last year. The decision today is certain to hurt Taliban efforts to win recognition from potential international donors at a time when the country's mired in a worsening humanitarian crisis. And at least two people are dead and about a dozen injured after a 6.4 magnitude earthquake struck far northern California. ABC's Alex Stone is more. Damage assessments are underway right now in one community. There are reports of homes off foundations and fires, but in many areas it's cleanup time with broken items that fell off shelves and walls. Monk lives in the quake zone and says it's what they live with. It's a little part of living in northern California as well. You know, that's, uh, you know we have fires and earthquakes and uh, whatever that throws at us. He says he woke up to his bed violently shaking. He knew immediately it was an earthquake. Since then, there have been repeated aftershocks. Alex Stone, EBC News. WSJM News now continues with your weather forecast.